Welcome to Interscription. Is Star Trek too silly? Does watching old people on TV suck? Are drugs bad for you? And how many emails are too many? Rich and I attempt to answer these questions, but mostly have discovered that coffee is probably the answer to all questions. And if it isn't, keep drinking, boys and girls. Thanks for staying on this road with us. So much potting. So much potting. If there was an avalanche of potting, we would be in the middle of that avalanche. Perhaps, nay, we would be the cause of that avalanche, one might say. We might say. I think our, our bellowing and yodeling would just bring all of the potting down around us. Yes, yes. We are the, the ineffective cough drops of podcasting, is what you're saying. That is what I'm saying. It is, um, and we do need to be more effective because we need more coffee and more sleep. Uh, been running on a week of kids having real struggles with life and sleep and probably needing more physical altercations, and by which I just mean beatings to, to until they pass out gently. Uh, so, in yeah. summary, it's coffee, beatings, sleep is what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, this morning I got into the office uh, having a late start and came in about an hour later. One of my employees came in and said, hey, I got you coffee from Starbucks. Um, grab it whenever. Came back to my office and I saw it on my desk. I picked it up and I it's a little light. I took a sip and I'm like, huh, usually get me coffee with cream. It's like half drank and kind of cold. Like, uh, what's going on? And so like I slacked her back and said, um, you gave me the wrong one. So like she was AFK. So I went into her office and on her bookshelf was the coffee. So I put that one back there and I took my coffee away and she goes walking back into her office holding her coffee and turns around and walks right on back with the other coffee and says, um, where did this come from? Also, this is Starbucks drive through and I didn't do drive through so what's going on? And that's because I had totally blacked out from the fact that I went to Starbucks this morning and walked in with my coffee that I left on my desk and <clears throat> I'm in fugue state, dude. I was like totally lost with the fact that... That was already my coffee, and it was half drunk and cold because I'd been nipping on it all morning. And when I read the message, it was, your coffee is on my bookshelf. So, wow. this is wow. an advertisement for coffee, and specifically having more than mm. one cup before you do anything, including and up to getting more coffee. Yes, that's true. How We've tried to solve this before, and perhaps greater minds... If there are greater minds than ours, um, have attempted to solve this thing, whereby even the act of making coffee before coffee is a challenge. It is a it is a much less getting behind a moving vehicle and pointing it somewhere on the road in order to get to some place where somebody can hand you a coffee. Like it's all just not good because you haven't had coffee yeah. yet. Like. You just need the coffee 
And then you can do all the things, including making or procuring coffee in some way. Yeah, I I think it's evolutionary and the fact that we haven't really developed uh, you know the stomach to just chew on coffee beans because I feel like that's about the level you know and maybe it would be like mm-hmm. kind of a mama bird like you wake up you chew on the coffee beans and then you spit them out into the coffee filter and then you brew your coffee and like you do you do the All grinding right. and then with each chew you yeah. get more caffeine I don't know I'm gonna keep drinking coffee despite the fact that it is well into the evening because that's kind of where we're at that is kind of where we're at. I uh, woke up this morning. Um, that both of my uh, boyos were off uh, from school for Veterans Day observance on this Friday. And uh, I um, awoke to uh, 2,495 emails um, from one of our appliances at my day job um, that was very upset. And if you didn't know that it was upset, it has reminded you 2,494 times about it. How Um, many months had you been ignoring this appliance? Yeah, really just um, since 11 o'clock last night when I went to bed um, was actually that. Uh, It's... uh, it's really obnoxious that like in this day and age, and these are not, I don't want to throw the company under the bus necessarily. Let me take that back. I really want to throw them under the bus because they're fucking assholes for making an appliance that costs obscene amounts of money and has a dedicated 24 seven support staff. And yet somehow doesn't know to just say, Hey, we're just going to group these together. And we'll, I don't know. We'll just hit you up once an hour, like once an hour. You know, like maybe once an hour. If there is an emergent problem that requires in excess of 2,000 emails in an eight-hour period, then, I don't know, maybe you, as something that can email, should also reach out to the company and say, hey, we think they're all dead over there. (laughs) Do you want us to turn it off or do you want to call them? I don't know. The, The very, like, in 2023 that there's this piece of technology that was like, I don't know. We should send another one <laughs> all night, and that was the like, decision. That's, like that's the programming. Three hundred emails an hour. You got it. <laughs> that's right. And at sixty minutes, it is five a minute, five to six a minute. Is that right? Do I have that right? Yes, five to six right, every minute, which takes a like, lot of compute to do that. And like, I mean, I mean listen, and like, I, I'm like, sure, like the. Outlook and Google filters would mark that shit as spam. Like, like that's not good. Uh, it can't possibly have that much to say at that speed. Like, there has to be like at least a a sixty second delay. Like, you can't send more than one email a minute at all. Yeah, that's I mean, um, that is dude, wild like, and wonderful and yeah, should definitely. And it's just like, you know, like, again, without getting too into the weeds of it, it's an enterprise of a product that costs exorbitant amounts of money that the common man cannot pay for, which is why it's enterprise level, of course. And you've got support, you've got all kinds of things. What in the holy fuck are we doing? Well, like, it, it is, it, I, I just, I, I, you know, and I, I 
walk over to let's get back to making coffee in the morning and i you know didn't have to actually like get up super extra early this morning <laughs> that appliance would would beg to differ but it, it but i didn't have to get up super extra early this morning because the boys were off today so i could kind of leisurely get up and not have to worry about throwing on you know a, a coat and flip-flops to get my one son on the bus and get the other one you know logged into his stuff like i could just you know a gentle saunter, if you will, into where the coffee machine is and then make said coffee and then sit down and have my breakfast and my coffee. And I just, I open up my email on my phone and I just see a list of emails and so I start scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. And I'm like, I can't get to the end of this. And it's only back to 740 <laughs> and I'm just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and I was like what the shit it's like that's so many emails that on a phone you can't look at nope. over 2000 emails so I just went and sat down at my laptop very bleary eyed very angry at no coffee looking at and scrolled all the way down to the middle of the night where it just started yelling and never stopped and it and I just I I am I am like just flabbergasted so when I got hold of support this morning because I got a hold of support this morning i was like uh <laughs> top of the hour here can we turn off the emails <laughs> like and then because this thing is actually alarming every systems engineer and administrator in the company it's just like i don't actually care if it's on fire right now i do not care i don't care what the fuck is happening dude i don't care doesn't matter like this thing literally could just be spinning out radioactive spiders all over the data center i don't care what i want is for you to shut the fuck up that's what i want as soon as we get that done we can talk about your problems but i just i need you to simmer down is what i need you to do and then you know and uh anyway so that was how the morning started so, uh as i was in the hold queue i was uh very focused on brewing said oh. coffee because i knew this was going to be that day for that, me that is well that's the future we live in that's I, I'm that's, just I'm just it. trying to get my head that's around it, the amount of labor that you had to go through just deleting those emails. Like there isn't an email right. program right. that has the kind of select all that. Like, do you build a filter to? I straight up went into Outlook and created a rule and dumped all near three thousand emails into a, a separate subfolder. And not just to keep, not for the OCD of it all, but because once I got on support with these knuckleheads, uh, they decided to wait for it, send me an email with a Zoom link. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> well, can't find it. I'm sure it's in here somewhere, but <laughs> so I had to filter out all of this fucking crap just to get to the Zoom link that they're sending me so that we could get some assistance on the problem. Uh, anyway. Anyway, that sunsetted itself at uh, 2.30 this afternoon. I was, uh, so that was uh, b bouncing between a couple of support technicians and I was, so wow. that was Friday for me. Um, but, uh, you know, we did kind of mostly take it in for a landing um, late this afternoon. Uh, you know, I had, at one point I just, to me and uh, one of the guys that is uh, in, I actually had to go into the data center because there was pulling cables and connections and it was the full boat. It was everything you can think of we had to do today. It was all the things, rolling a crash cart over, plugging in a KVM, all the stuff, every, every bit of it, uh, resetting it, factory resetting nodes and 
just a wonderful time but uh we like somewhere around one something I, f- I forget the time now it's all quite a blur without enough coffee but uh somewhere in there I, we just had to cut loose but as we were we had just barely got production online before we could even move on to the problem that was there and so we had to you know uh get everybody to break and you know have a bite to eat before uh <clears throat> before we, we we moved along um which was painfully short so anyway friday coffee very important with the coffee so important with the coffee. so very like oh, wow i am um, i'm happy yeah. to talk about fun tech that's not broken because that's a uh, terrifying and i will add my own tiny little bit of this uh as an office owner we've got a copy scanner lease because that's still the way these are often done and it's not because it's cheaper than buying, it's because when it breaks, somebody else is responsible for coming in and fixing it. Um, and those big units aren't sure. cheap. You know, they can be like you know fifteen, eighteen thousand dollars. You know, for a small office. So, like mm-hmm. that's something. But you're not really leasing it because you don't want to buy it. You're leasing it because it's a service contract, and you don't want to have to go and change out reels. Our copier, and we use it mostly for scanning. Like we don't have a lot of paper here started making some really awful noises on the sheet feeder, like disruptive cannot be on the phone in the office when somebody is scanning something. Um, Guy came out, spent about two hours, said, well, it's not going to get any louder. (laughs) (laughs) For me, because I'm leaving. (laughs) You're just going to have to live with the noise. What? What? Yeah, man. Yeah. So that's going to be a Monday morning call to the owner of the copy company because I I don't think that's correct. I think the options are either Mm. you replace the machine, I'm going to drop this at your office like on Tuesday morning, or those are my really only two options. Like it's not like I have people in cubicles on the phone all day long and we cannot have fucking whale songs in the background. (laughs) I was really expecting that you were going to say he opened it up and another one of your cups of coffee was (laughs) cooling. I was was pretty sure that's where the story was going. Say why it started making the noise. That's amazing. Uh, it's espresso. That's why it's so loud. It's that steam. That's that's what it's just spitting everywhere. Yeah, dude. Yeah. That's what it's doing. Um, that's crazy. Well, we should talk about some entertainment. We've got like a whole bunch of shit to go to, and I am very excited about how far you are into Star Trek Discovery. Yes. Yes. Let me uh, jump in there. So Star Trek Discovery, uh, I guess that was kind of the flagship one that started on Paramount Plus, right? Um, In terms of uh, Star Trek shows, they've got a bunch now, but that seemed to be the one to kick it off. Um, I do recall at the time, a whole bunch of schadenfreude for Paramount and for the new, you know, way of Star Trek and everybody was real salty about it and didn't love it. and so I kind of, you know, and, and also Paramount Plus was just another subscription at the time that I was not all that excited to pay for. So I was like, eh, whatever. So I didn't really get back to it. But I came into this thinking that I was going to hate it because everybody seemed to hate it. Um, now, 
you and I had a, actually the last podcast I did in person with you in your office, um, we had talked about Strange New Worlds, which is the uh, Christopher Pike one. Is that right? The um, I think it was uh, with, uh, the, with the Enterprise. It's the one, I, I'm pretty sure that I, like, I haven't started that one yet. Um, but we were talking about that's two seasons in and that's kind of very prequely and whatnot. Um, and that that sort of is a divergence after two seasons of Star Trek Discovery. And so I I took it upon myself to just, let's go ahead and do two seasons of Discovery and then I can pivot off um, to to Strange New World. So um, all this to say, as of yesterday, I did finish the first two seasons of Star Trek Discovery. I am am there. Um, That was um, some pretty damn good Star Trek. I really enjoyed it. I think that I've talked a couple of times very briefly about like an episode here and there that I might have touched on so far, but I really liked it. I think the... uh, The writing and the characters is great. I, I think that the special effects budget for that show is very high. Um, I, I, I am actually pretty astounded sometimes at like all the the amount the amount of money that they're spending there that they have at least here to four in the first two seasons on it. Um, you know, the amount of uh, you know uh, actor talent that they've been able to get in there I think is pretty high. Um, but just like really heartfelt mm-hmm. relationship stuff. I feel like they do a great job um, I think Stamets and the Doctor. I think that that all of the bits about that relationship, I think, um, is really good. I really, really, they're actually easily some, my favorite Star Trek couple maybe ever. I think they do so well um, because it just feels very grounded and very real. Um, I don't want to get too spoilery, but there's an event that kind of separates the two of them, and then they get back together at some point. And the way in which that that happens. Um, I thought it was handled very well. I was I was impressed with the fact that it wasn't just a well, we're just going to make this a happily ever after everybody gets back together and it's good kind of thing. There was a journey there, mm-hmm. an emotional journey that worked really well, was rendered really well, acted really well. Um, so I love that. I there's a couple times where because there's a bit of a divergence here now between Discovery and Strange New Worlds, and. Um, I could really feel it coming off the screen that there was a lot of heartfelt emotions between the actors and calling each other friends and family in a way. There's a there's a death that happens at one point, and they um, have a funeral that I think works really well, and like all, all the all the 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 stuff that comes along with that, I thought was really well handled. Um, I don't have enough good stuff to say about it. I know that I have another what season or two? Is it three seasons or four seasons? I don't I think know we're where we're at with it. I think four. Okay. So I'm halfway through here. Um, I don't know that I'll stop here and do strange new worlds or if I'll keep going, I'm not sure where I'll go yet, but I, I will say that at least so far in these two, I'm super impressed. I, I think that it's, it's, it's really well done. It occasionally gets a bit, uh, Hey, we're actually nerds, but we're cool nerds. Like, kind of like, like in a, in a way where like they have to say the word fuck, and like some of the Randy stuff with the Klingons is a little bit heavy and stuff. Like, it's a little bit more than Star Trek ever used to be, and Star Trek never needed that in order to be as you know poignant and 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 beautiful as it often was in some of the older series. Um, but I, I really, but outside of that, those are tiny moments like that. Otherwise, I think it works super super well. I, I think everybody. He's got a great chemistry. Things move along and really gets its footing fairly quickly in the beginning of it and works and continues to work. Um, 
I like it. I really like it. I, I, I think it's 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 well done. I am coming off the ba- uh, benefit of being able to binge it, right? Like, so I can yeah. move through episodes that might feel like they need to be connected to the next one more than others. And I do see that, you know, my expectations were adjusted by a lot of hate for the show beforehand. So I will say those two things are probably true. But uh, but overall, I, I don't have enough good stuff to say about it here. I have. I'm eagerly looking forward to more Star Trek uh, at the end of two seasons. And, and that's a lot of Star Trek. Those are long episodes, long seasons, but they, they, uh, works really well. And I'm, I'm, I'm very impressed. I, uh, yesterday, not to devolve into non tech stuff, but I, I, yesterday, well, it's kind of tech stuff. I was out, uh, at my mom's yesterday. Uh, she no longer has DSL. She actually has oh, fiber to the home. God. Um, so she has, yeah, like 700 down, 700 up now, as opposed to 22 down and two up, which is what she had before. Um, and so part of yesterday was not only, you know, fixing all that, making sure I turned off her gateway and everything there, but um, that they came with, because I got her an Eero for out that way um, configured, but um, but also um, moving her to YouTube TV because she was on Dish. And so uh, um, I uh, don't even know why I didn't bring all this stuff into the intro. She was a customer for 16 years um, <laughs> for Dish because that was it. It was Dish or nothing. Um, so uh, anyway, so saving a lot of money, obviously going to YouTube TV, yep. way better service and way better you know experience, of course, than fucking Dish. Um, all that to say... Um, Without hesitation, when she said, hey, do you have anything I should, you know, kind of focus on and watch? I said, Star Trek Discovery, jump on it. I thought it was really good. I mean, a lot of my Star Trek love, especially original series and Next Generation, was, you know, I was watching that with my mom back in the day. So, like, you know, I know that she loves Star Trek as well. Um, and my brother, David. So, like, I, I feel like, you know, we yeah. all like Star Trek anyway. But, it, you know, but it was... Uh, but. Without hesitation, I was able to recommend it. I think so far, at least in these two seasons, I am in love. Yeah, you know, it's what's impressive to me, and I was thinking about this in connection with Picard. So they've Mm. got Picard, they've got um, Discovery, they've got Lower Decks, and they've got Strange New Worlds as like their paramount marquee shows. Mm-hmm. Every one of those has a truly unique flavor to it. And I feel like mm-hmm. their ability to put Discovery and Picard in particular in the same universe. And Strange New Worlds is, you know, kind of an extension of this because Picard, even though it's painted more modern, uh, you know, in a lot of ways, like they went and got on the antique enterprise and like the original set in the end. And like that was jarring mm-hmm. to see like what that looked like, given the way they've like updated the set in the last 25 years. And of of course they mm-hmm. should, right? Like filming didn't stand still, technology didn't stand still, but it still has the heart of the next generation in it, especially that last season that was just pure fan service. And Discovery mm-hmm. keeps a lot of the hope that makes Trek unique in sci-fi, where it's never truly bleak and there's always hope and gusto and you know belief in a future and a belief in doing the right thing. But it paints it in this like dark war kind of like grit that you don't usually see on Trek. And somehow both of those things still really pull together and pull together with Strange New Worlds, which at times just veers way off into the camp with 
a cartoon crossover and a musical episode and um, some of that's very fun. And if you actually go back and reflect on The Next Generation, a great deal of it was nonsense and having playing dress up in the holodeck for an episode, like a good deal of it was that. And so I'm impressed that after so long without any true Trek properties, they've come in here and revitalized an amazing IP. You know, I like it. Yeah. No, that is great. Uh, let me let me ask you, I, I always thought about this back in the day because I remember when Next Generation was coming out and reading in the TV guide back when we had TV guides um, that they had uh, gotten Patrick Stewart to be Captain Jean-Luc Picard. And his history there to four was like doing Shakespearean acting, right? Like that was his kind of thing, like stage work, you know, like I'm sure he had some, something on, on, on films at some point. I, I'm not giving his full IMDb, I'm sure, but, but that his, his bread and butter, right? Like where he, where he cut all of his chops, right? Like was, he is an actor that, you know, says alas poor Yorick to many people. And I've, and I felt like a lot of, not all of it, because there was definitely lots of great acting that came through on balance and for a long time in Next Generation. But I felt like he, as an anchor point, and his acting and his gravity was something that that show really, really benefited from. And like, I think he was able to ground some of that silliness in ways that, like, like almost just past it. Like it was just like, it was just with the confidence that this guy had on screen that he could push us way past some of the sillier parts. Do you feel like the same thing is happening in strange new worlds? Like is the same, is there, is there, is there an anchor store like a JC Penny and or a Macy's in strange new worlds in the same way? Cause I don't know, at least in these first two seasons that I, I've exactly seen that in, discovery yet so uh, you know like if it does veer off a little bit or get a little camp i don't always know who's gonna rescue us i always knew patrick stewart would do that for next generation yeah i i don't think so and i think they probably do a better job at keeping it from veering too far Uh, and i think that's uh, i mean discovery is serious all the time right i mean it's got heart and levity but it's uh, mission focused it's got big things going strange new worlds is much more episodic and i think everybody's at like a seven on it and nobody goes up to 14 and so there doesn't have to be a whole lot of reeling back and you know even in the musical episode it was moderated you know nobody was just like totally showboating it and going absolutely nuts on it. Everybody was there for their part and like playing to their character rather than just Will Wheatoning all over the place. So I'm going to say there's not an anchor point. There isn't anybody who has a special level of gravitas. And I don't think that's, I would be able to identify anybody in either series that really has that. But I think there's a strength in the casting that stays together a little more cohesively. I mean, I think that's for you with Discovery. You know, what you're saying is absolutely spot on with the power of the relationships and 
sometimes when you're dealing with the relationship drama in a sci-fi show, it feels like it's forced. It feels like it's something that they just need to put in so that they have a story to tell. And, you know, really the story is the spaceships and the aliens and like discovery doesn't feel that way. Discovery feels truly organic in all of the relationships that they introduce. And I think that's a testament to that. You know, if they were not cast so well and developed so deeply, then you wouldn't feel that way. You'd be kind of annoyed or bored or at least disinterested and just looking to move on to the next set piece to the next really exciting thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I, I I really I think this is good Star Trek. Like I I, I do feel that way. I'm 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 impressed and I, I really hope they hold it together, keep it together. I'm 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 excited to kinda this was a great stopping point for me to make a decision now. I might actually do one of each episode next and kind of see which flavor I'm kinda in the mood for right now. Um, you know what I mean, which one I wanna kinda follow through to the end. But uh um, yeah, I, that's actually a yeah, really good idea. Good I, you haven't done any Strange New Worlds yet, right? None. Yeah, no, no, I think no. after two seasons, you've gotten your Pike stuff taken care of, and so you can jump into Strange New Worlds. And it's not a terrible idea. I, I envy that you have Trek ahead of you and that you're not just kind of spinning your wheels waiting for the next season of something. I feel at some point... Yeah. Paramount said, you know, we're going to have some Trek on air at all times. And I mean, the strike notwithstanding, like they very quickly, like were not able to really do that. Um, so yeah. if I can change gears, but still stick with the future. On, Are you saying you're going to do a time jump, a sci-fi I time am, jump right now? I'm Is that what you're going to do? do podcast sci-fi time jump. And um, whoa. Shout out to the season premiere of For All Mankind. And I'm going to be non-spoilerly. This dropped last night. I know you are caught up and haven't seen the premiere yet. So I'm going to kind of speak in some overtones on it. Uh, First of all, we are treated to the first three minutes showing us the time jump with all of their... uh, changed history in it and that really is like an undersung wonderful part of that show is the way they've Mm. managed these alterations of history all starting from a single inflection point back in the 50s uh and you know i've loved that i've loved their little um like going deeper into it so apple tv has like these little shorts that they get into that give us like fake news stories and little bits like in between the seasons and things that are happening. Um, and so this jumps forward into the 2000s. So politically into mm. what would have been the Bill Clinton years and beyond that. And we are in a future that now has a President Al Gore, um, which actually makes some interesting sense because um, the president from last season who was the astronaut actually had George W. as her vice president. And like when you think about the TikTok of American politics, you know, had there been two terms of a Republican instead of two terms of Clinton, it would make sense that they would vote in the Democrat then and, you know, who would be the candidate. And they set up Al Gore, they set up Clinton with a divorce back when he was a governor and, you know, not 
getting the nomination, not being president in 92 or any of that. So very interesting, like tapestry. And we're now very friendly with Russia, joint Mars base. And like that whole fast forward thing is there. Uh, some of our original characters in the 2000s and the aughts are um, really fucking old. And Very old. I mean, great job with a lot of the makeup that they're using to, you know, age these actors. You know, it's kind of like the reverse of what they have to do with child actors because usually you go season to season and like kids like grown seven feet and you know you've got to like replace them and train change them out for a twin or something uh but they're really like leaning into that and i think they need to really start introducing some new characters this season because there's only so much that you can do with the stories of these lives of this original crew before you have to kind of start asking like you know our main dude is still the commander of this mars mission in happy valley and he's like 80 and he's piloting ships and doing all kinds of crazy stuff and i'm not saying that he's probably not good at it but i don't know that the 80 something year old should be the one you know making history at this point like I know he doesn't want a desk job but I think grandpa should sit down yeah yeah that that makes a ton of sense there was a quick uh, scene of his makeup in in one of the trailers coming up and I I did kind of brace for that of like I don't know that it's it's a cool idea to be bringing these these people for dozens of years from when we first introduced them but at some point the the story of like y'all are a little bit too old for me to be watching you do the thing anymore um is uh is something do you think it would have been better served i mean you're saying there's it's good makeup do you think it would have been better served uh for them to have swapped actors out like season by season i don't i don't know i i think Almost no, because the one thing that I really wanted to credit, um, you know, with um, Kinnaman uh, playing at Baldwin is when you actually look at the makeup, like there's sort of this like Hollywood old makeup where like they're still dashing and have great hair and basically like everybody is going to grow old like Harrison Ford. Right. Like just like yes. get burlier and grittier as you get older. And I was kind of impressed by the fact that the makeup for him like he looks like a beat up old man like his hair is all kind of thinning and falling <laughs> out and it's kind of like I'm just thinking like that dude is a very tall very attractive Hollywood guy and there's a certain amount of humility or money it's one or the other that an actor would have to have or receive to willingly like put on that makeup for a season and not just be old but be realistically old and i think there's a certain commitment that a show has to make to put together these actors that do look realistically old and don't look hollywood old uh Mm -hmm. you know it's and so I don't know, because I think if you just recast him with Harrison Ford, who's actually in his 80s, like you've got a dashing, unrealistically good-looking older guy, and 
that's telling a different story and a different level of commitment to um, what you're doing. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if different casting would would change it. I. I mean, but I also don't know if maybe the way that they're doing that and committing to it is causing some of that discomfort where I just don't want to watch them. And it is that Hollywood training where it's like, oh, no, these people actually look old, like, and I don't want to watch old people on TV. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that, that's possible, too. I Looking at... Um, I did a quick uh, check online here for for all mankind to see. Have you seen anything? Because I'm not seeing this with a quick uh, web search. Um, is season four the final one? Like, or is this where we're stopping? Uh, or do we not know that? I don't yet? know that we know that yet. Um, or at least I don't know okay. that yet. I think at some point, though, as an alternate history show, you're now in the mid 2000s. So maybe you end with a movie or something, but like it's going to be hard to jump forward another decade without it being too close to now. So I don't know, like there's just something about the conceit of the show, unless that is just kind of what they have in mind and they have some grand ending of catching up with us in mind. That'd be pretty cool too. Yeah, yeah. Well, very excited. I will make sure that I get to watch. I uh, get get it in my watch rotation for next week. I, I so want to keep up with this one. This is. Uh, I have had the benefit of binging. You know, the last few seasons because I did get to it late. Um, but uh, yeah, very excited to uh, to to see it. Um, yeah. Wh- I do you think. Do you think it makes sense to take a quick break and then we can pivot into a couple of other uh, newsy type items? Yeah, perhaps? let's do it. And now some gaming. We have come back. We have come back from the ether to speak about how great drugs are. I think that's what we've come back uh, with. Stay in school, kids. Stay in school, kids. But if you don't stay in school, you should try drugs. So Super Mario Brothers Wonder uh, is... What if... What if... What if you found yourself in a place where you were playing a 2D side-scrolling, well-produced as Nintendo does Super Mario Brothers game. Yep. You can play co-op, you can jump around on turtles and mushrooms, and you can get power-ups to throw fireballs, and these should all be familiar things if you've been around Super Mario Brothers. But then, somewhere on that level, you grab a flower that is known as a wonder flower i believe it is and when you touch that you start tripping your face off melting away in a place that makes no fucking sense at all and is 
absolutely the product of somebody that has done mind-altering drugs. Um, but you're still playing Super Mario Brothers um, for the rest of that level until you find a Wonder Seed. And then when you find the Wonder Seed, you sober up and you finish the level. Um, it's all just fucking crazy, man. Like, if you took that away, I would say this is just a more than cromulent, very w super well-produced, polished as hell Super Mario Brothers game. Like, just play it, enjoy it. You love Super Mario Brothers. You can't not love Super Mario Brothers. Every video game you've ever wanted to play and ever have played owes a debt to Super Mario Brothers as being one of the progenitors, one of the OG games that has created where we are today. Yes. And you can play another one of those because they're great. And this one's more well-produced than the ones before it. Um, but every once in a while, man, you're going to drop this tab of acid and watch some fucking shit pop off in a way that is just... And I'm telling you, dude, like, I... Like, do you remember those little piranha plants that, yeah. like, come out of the pipes? Yep. The, the little red, red teethy ones? Uh -huh. um, and very early on maybe the second mission you are going along on a on a level and there's pipes and they're coming out and snappy snappy snap and you know coming after you and you got to jump and you got to move and whatever and then you find the flower and you touch it and all of a sudden the entire shit goes crazy and they all start popping out of the pipes and break into song and there's a huge one chasing after you and there's one in the foreground and they are harmonizing and they are <laughs> it is the fucking chaos of holy shit i don't want to go home to mom because i'm way too high right now <laughs> it is, you are fucking losing your goddamn mind uh it is so wackadoo i can't actually and every every single level's got one of them and they're all different and they're all fun and they're all crazy and they're all just fucking when that one happened i let out an audible laugh like i was like this is really something and you may no longer tell me you do not do drugs at nintendo that, that is whatever family friendly toy image you guys have you guys get high a lot i know you do you have to nobody came up with this unless they were absolutely fucking wrecked um and that's the game. That's the whole game. It is superbly produced. It is great. There's tons of little fun surprises and little twists on the the stuff. But there, but it's all pretty much like just an evolution, right? Like if you yeah. stripped away the tripping your balls off, like it is. It is just a. It is an evolution of Super Mario Brothers. It is one of those, and it's well done, and it's good, and it's got it's got a neat little online mode, which I I unplugged. I got away from because I didn't want that going on. But like the, but it's got a little thing where you can have like ghosts of other people playing, and they can kind of help you out and stuff like that i don't want any of that bullshit but but you could totally do that and but other little bits of you know there's like an overworld map that's very similar to super mario world back in the day the first one uh on super nintendo um all, all just stuff you can recognize they've brought it to the next level again wonderfully produced especially because it's a 2d version so you can really you know the, the the graphics are you know extra extra sharp and it's the 3d on a 2d plane kind of thing and um great game overall but uh but it is fucking crazy man <laughs> it's fucking far out man um so yeah by all means super mario brothers wonder you know already if you like super mario brothers and everybody pretty much does you should play it and if you've done drugs you're gonna have a great time that's terrific. I can't wait to fire it up with my kids. 
Yep, that's it. <laughs> I'll explain that. Um, one other quick gaming uh, blurb, and then we are going to get into um, the handheld everyone's talking about, um, and uh, that is Braid, um, the uh, one of the games that really put Xbox Live Arcade on the Xbox 360 on the map. Yeah, uh, back in the day, uh, developed by Jonathan Blow. Uh, he, uh, I guess, what did he go on to do? What was the one? The Witness was his. Yeah, was that the second one was he did? It? I, I think it's. A- side view game and then a mystery make yes there we go um so and a lot of blogging uh, in between a lot of blogging he's got stuff to say um if you uh follow him on twitter um so uh anyway coming back to this is going to be i want to say the braid anniversary edition it is the Oh, I want to make sure that I'm saying the 20th anniversary, but I think it is the 20th anniversary. No, it was released in 2008. Um, So 2008 would have been 28. So 15, 16 years, 16 years. It'll be when it finally comes out because it's coming out in on the in uh, 2024. So this is like a 16 year anniversary for it. Um, But uh, they have gone back and actually repainted backgrounds you know the full fat like like redoing of art um new sound effects uh changing out music like like gone in they're doing stuff added animations uh, a lot of lot of lot of work uh that they're putting into it um so that'll be out in on april 30th of 2024 um it'll be um playstation 4 and 5 it'll be xbox one and series x and s and be on pc and for mobile it will be on netflix uh, so if you subscribe to Netflix, you can actually uh, uh, also play it on mobile. Okay, uh, that that wasn't where I was expecting, but great. Yeah, kind of crazy, huh? Um, so uh, so that so that's coming out. I I will absolutely throw out that Braid was one of those mind bending, super crazy, you know, puzzler games from back in the day that uh, was formative for me. I, I really did enjoy that game quite a bit. Um, it, uh, you know, really tests the limit of how you understand spatial problems on, on, uh, on games. It was, it was extremely clever at uh, clever points. And uh, anybody who hasn't played Braid at this point, it is Xbox 360 back compat on on Xbox, so you yep. could get the old one. But just wait a few months here and get the new one. I'm sure is the right way to do it. Definitely good for a new generation at you know 15, 16 years, and yeah, it, it's the kind of always I to go back to Star Trek for a second, the finale of Next Generation when Q is really testing Picard's ability to think along like several time streams at the same time and you know, kind of prove humanity's worth and ability to like have evolved minds. Like Braid was kind of like that, like we're really kind of pushing you to think in ways that don't quite break the game, but like really push around it. So it was definitely cool. I don't know that it's super replayable uh, with the levels, you, you know, I mean, 16 years and a lot of weed later, maybe it is. Yeah, it is a <laughs> new <mean>. game. <laughs> Yeah, we've done our level best to erase that entire game. Yeah, so, <laughs> so. I, I, I mean, we'll find out. But no, I think that's cool. Uh, but I would say don't play it on Netflix. Uh, you know, play it on a portable that'll run it as like a regular game, like Steam. That sounds my, amazing. So you're saying that there's a por- a portable there is. video game console that 
is in the news right now? Something mayhaps that is launching right about now? Only one. There's only only one one manufacturer of portable um, desktop gaming devices, and that is uh, Valve's Steam Deck. They are launching an OLED version, which... Oh, so not the Sony PlayStation Portable is what you're saying. No, although, I mean, I can certainly do a tight 10 on that fucking shitstorm too <laughs> nope that's all we we said everything we need to about it that's a fucking dumpster fire moving on oled steam deck yeah so i think last week i gave my fairly glowing review of the legion go and mm-hmm. that's really something since at that time i didn't realize that the case has a built-in USB-C charging port so that you can charge it in its case. And so I'm adding another star to last week's review because I have, and I think you have too, like ripped apart cases for portable devices for years so that we could do that. And so it's good to see somebody finally listening to and Mm -hmm. stealing our ideas. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, you dropped this on me that Steam announced a mid-cycle refresh of an OLED Steam Deck. Some some real interesting nuggets in here. They are not updating it to the Z1 Extreme despite running an earlier AMD chip. Um, in a, And I'm actually kind of surprised. I mean, I guess they're selling enough Steam Decks that AMD was fine with this. They've reduced the size of the chip and its power consumption. And so this is laser focused on using less power. They put a bigger battery in it. It's running at a lower wattage. Um, Some of the fawning reviews were real, real clickbaity about, um, you know, and things are actually faster. And when I said actually faster in the headline, I meant like four or five frames per minute faster like they really right. it's the same chip silly head running hmm. a more intense screen so it's not going to be faster um maybe you should just get whatever bullshit you have on your current steam deck off of it and clean it the fuck up um uh, hmm. there's not a whole lot else to say other than the oled screen is gorgeous i wish i had a handheld with an oled screen still not going back to a steam deck um they're definitely rocking the shit out of price though like mm-hmm. i coming from my foray into the i neo and these like fourteen hundred dollar handhelds i thought the ally and the legion go at like that 699 price point was pretty stupendous and now you can get an entry-level steam deck for 300 bucks so it's yeah. really it's not nothing money but it is getting way closer to being an impulse purchase for normal people that don't normally impulse purchase every handheld available. Um, mm. I'm not really talking about myself here. No. But, you know, I mean, somebody could like conceivably walk into a Best Buy and see a Steam Deck at 300 bucks. holidays are coming up, and just and throw one in the cart and splurge on it. So I will give them credit on that, and that may very well have driven their decision to keep with the older chip. Maybe they're getting mm-hmm. a much better deal on it. Um, but again, what would be weird to me is the economy of scale. Like if AMD has put a lot of effort into the Z1 and iNeo, Ally, Go are all using the Z1 and Z1 Extreme, 
it would seem to me that it would be less expensive for them to put in an order for that chip because AMD can just fire them off rather than retooling their production for this thing. I yeah, know. I agree. What I'd say is probably what's going on here. Like Valve is on the cusp of actually launching a console in a way that they've wanted to do for a very long time and to kind of close the loop. Like Steam has been around forever. And so to have a Steam machine, which they couldn't get off the ground, uh, you know, and and this is really their console that's actually getting a little bit of legs out there. And as a console, you need a fixed target for hardware. And so mm. I feel like what this is, is just extending the lead here in the same way that the Nintendo Switch did. Nintendo Switch just had an OLED version come out and put a new dock out with a Ethernet board on it and charged more money. Um, and uh, I think that's what we're doing here. Like they just have a fixed... Um, uh, spec that they want to be able to hand to developers that say for PC, here's your new baseline, right? Like this is the bottom. No. Um, I do want to give them credit for their low end. Now, I don't think actually the low end one that you buy for three, 400 bucks has an OLED screen. I think it's still the original screen, It is, um, but they are swapping out that MMC storage for SSD storage. And I think that's a big deal. Um, I think if that can be the floor, I've said this for a long time, spinning hard drives have to die. There's been a few games that have already launched for PC and for certainly the new gen consoles because they're SSD only, but PC versions that are SSD only, that has to happen. Um, so uh, I am glad they are doing that. Um, the screen thing is more just a, they can make a nicer screen and make it a purchase for people who already own Steam Decks, you know, to to, to dip into, into the pool one, once again. Um, but I think that's what this is all about. This is a fixed spec. So getting the reduced nanometer process, sure, it makes it cooler, more power efficient. They can put a bigger fan on it to make it quieter, which they did do. Um, but ultimately, and also they did change the tooling so that it's no longer plastic uh, standoffs, it's metal standoffs, so you can take it apart and not break the plastic anymore. Yeah, I saw it's um, torque screws so. instead of Phillips. I don't know yeah. that that's necessarily more user-friendly. That was stupid, but like making it so that the plastic doesn't break when yep. you open it is 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 a much smarter way to to handle something that they obviously want you to play with like a PC um, by adding you know bigger SSDs and so on and so forth. So um, so yeah, cool stuff. I'm uh, I'm happy that they, this is this is where we're. Um, I'm happy that. Let me be clear. I am happy that that portables are becoming a viable thing because as a viable thing i think that that means that that market is going to grow outside of the steam deck i do not consider the steam deck to be the ultimate of these i do not right now for me it's the rog ally because i haven't played with the legion go that you have yet but uh but i feel like this is you know i feel like that's the general direction we're going in and 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 i i We'll probably have some commentary next week. I know we're trying to keep it tight tonight, so we'll probably wrap here. But I, but I did want to say that uh, I feel like we should probably have a larger discussion about what handhelds are going to be like in terms of the larger landscape of consoles and like what it's going to look like because we're on the cusp of a Switch 2 and we're halfway through the generation of a PS5 and a Series X. And um, I feel like, you know, when you can look at these handhelds that aren't really crazy money, you know, at the low end, right? And for some of them, um, because there's a cheaper ROG Ally, there's the the low end Steam Deck, you know, and then you look at a console from Microsoft that's only three hundred dollars. 
and you say only $300 and then for just maybe a little bit more and only a little bit more, you can have something you can take on the go. Um, there's a conversation to be had there. It's not the week to unpack it, but I think as you know, more Steam Deck uh, reviews come in, which I'm sure will be, I'll be falling <laughs> because everybody loves that thing. Um, you know, we should probably unpack that more. I think I think there's some good commentary to be had. Yeah, you know, I think we're getting to this convergence in kind of a backdoor way. You know, I really thought that it was going to be phones to laptops, like the phone to tablet to laptop, and I think that's where. Microsoft initially bet with the Surface. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Surfaces are very good. The traditional Surfaces have, you know, that um, magnetic keyboard attachment, but they've never really been great tablets. And so using that over like a Surface laptop, if you're in the market for like a straight Microsoft product, has never really been a great value prop because you're giving up a lot of the ergonomics of a good keyboard and a mouse for that super portability. And like, it's gotta be, you're somebody who's out in a field doing a lot of ink work that just really positively needs a Windows-based tablet. And you've never heard of an iPad where all of those apps are supported anyway. And like, so it wasn't that, like we never got like that level of convergence and Samsung had that very cool and still has that cool like docking thing where you can turn it into a desktop environment hampered by the fact that Android wasn't really designed to be a desktop environment and so it's not really built for that but great concepts of docking and it feels like instead we're miniaturizing the desktop into this handheld and it's like with the Legion Go those controllers come off and you've got a kind of clunky 8-inch tablet Right, like that's mm-hmm. what it's down to. Kicks. I mean, it is like a one of the Surface Go. It's like one of the little guys. They're just missing a keyboard attachment to it, but like the hardware's there, and it's running AAA games with the C1 chip. So it's it feels like there's a leap of four or five years of development, which I'm sure is already roadmapped to having fanless cooling, to having parity with phones, and having that horsepower in something that runs cool, has an all-day battery life, and now you're coming down to, you know, kind of that phone, kind of that, do I get one of those or do I get an iPad? And all of a sudden, when it can play all of your actual games and do all of your actual shit and you're not compromising there, that becomes a really compelling question. Mm-hmm. So, like, Thank I think much. that's kind of cool and where we're heading and, you know, I'm sort of where I'm looking for which my last bit on the OLED Steam Deck kind of comes back to this, which is part of this announcement is they said, we're still working on dual booting, but all of the people who had to work on that had to work on creating this OLED Steam Deck, which hmm. I don't know a lot about. It feels like about. different skill sets, right? right? Like, <laughs> it feels like different skill sets. Maybe I don't know anything about anything, but I don't know. It feels like these are different teams. But like it, it felt like... They might as well have said everybody working on dual booting was actually making sandwiches. And we really needed those fucking sandwiches. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I did just this week, not knowing the OLED Steam Deck was coming this week, um, that I saw that that page for the Windows support for Steam Deck is still not been updated in beginning of this year. Like, they don't care. They haven't cared. So I don't... Yuck. I'm, uh, and I don't of know. Of course they don't care. Like you said, they are launching a console. 
Yeah. Like it is a a Steam console. They don't want you to put Windows on it. They understand that there is a critical mass of people who really want that slash really hate that Game Pass and these other stores don't work natively and that those motherfuckers are never going to make them work on the Steam Deck. But mm-hmm. like they don't they don't want you to dual boot because you'll just never come back and they want that ecosystem. They want it to be a console experience. That is the one thing all of these reviews fawn over and collectively forget the idea that you can just boot your Windows machine and Steam Big Picture and have exactly the same shit. Like every last mm-hmm. part of it, like right down to controller recognition and like navigating with the joystick and the desktop mode, like it's all there. Uh, so that's um, that felt like a point where they really just need to come out and say, if somebody third party does it, great. You know what? We're just not focused on it. We don't fucking care. Like I just, right. I would, I would appreciate and probably credit them for having that honesty to say that and just come out in front of it. Like, don't buy a Steam Deck because it can run Windows. Because we're not doing it. We're not going to stop anyone right. from doing it. Linux is open, but we're not. We're trying to focus on our shit. Yep, that you're right. That would there would be more integrity in that. You're right. And you're absolutely weird. right about that. I guess we'll, we'll because, have to see where it goes yeah, from here. For I sure. Mean, and Valve is famous for launching shit on time. Yes, aren't they though? Aren't they? Thank you for Half Life Three. We uh, <laughs> we appreciate that so much. Yeah, somebody was uh, talking to Forum about like having like an actual Steam Deck too, and they said, "Well, it's one or two years off." And just like, mm, I don't think you should wait. If, if this is what you're looking for, <laughs> yeah. I, I would just move yeah. on with your life. Like she's she's not coming back. Mm-mm. This is not this is not the timely party. No, it is not. So yeah, no. Um, love my Legion Go. I actually still have one in box that I don't want to ship back to China. So yeah. are they going to put it up on eBay or you're going to keep it? So we got to do that. So I wasn't charged for it. So. Um, it's there. I think it's time to see see what it can do. Yeah, and there was um there's a Patreon early build of handheld companion for Legion Go that I just put on last night and can map all of those back buttons until I am sick of mapping. It's absolutely wonderful. It's got slide outs, it's got switching between desktop mode and non-desktop mode, so you can actually use the joystick to navigate like you can on the ally if that's like more ergonomic. So it's fucking great. It's my everydayer. I'm all for it. Okay. Can't wait. Can't wait. We'll have to, oh, can't wait to play with it. We'll have to get together with that. Yeah. So I think we'll probably close there. Um, cool. And you know, recommend that people think carefully before buying their OLED Steam Deck this holiday, and come back next week with a lot more to say. Sounds perfect. See everybody next week. Bye. Bye.